This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as my friend and yours, John Smoltz, always says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check out theropetrainer.com today. Once again, special thanks to Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, and of course, John Smoltz for their continued support of Youth Baseball Talk. But more importantly, their continued support of all the youth players out in the country, whether they be really young or uh, what we would call young men, as they pursue their, their dreams and passions and just... Um, Wanting to have fun, but also be safe and take care of those young arms, as uh, <clears throat> I think we can all agree. We got an arm problem, folks, and unfortunately, some of the parents and some of the coaches are the ones causing it. So hopefully, we're we're being a little more careful out there with some of the information that we know, um, and using uh, using things like the rope trainer and maybe some of the other great things that are out there, as, as you've heard on here on the show. And if you you know if you just do a little little research, I think you can find a few things out there that definitely would help these kids as they uh, as they just want to play, and they want to play it. Some of them want to play at a really high level, so let's help them. I'm, uh, I'm here to do the show that everybody's asking about. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I was telling somebody the other day that um, it's, it's usually about this time of year when I start getting tons of emails and um, DMs and things about tryouts as it's tryout season. Um, even though it's, I always say it, it moves up a little closer every year, but, um, you know, I've been, you know, I've been putting it off for a couple of weeks, had the opportunity to talk to Justin last week and I was going to do it last week. And, um, and interestingly enough, uh, you know, this was the week that I picked to do it. So I had put off a couple other, you know, people that I was going to have on the show. And it was interesting because, um, I had a conversation with my son a couple years ago, and I think I may have mentioned it on the show before, but I had the exact same conversation with a, a young man who I think a lot of who's going to be a senior this coming coming season, and he is a um, he's an awfully good baseball player. He's a great kid. Um, he's intelligent, off-the-chart intelligence, and his path, um, you know, he wants his path to take him in a little bit of a different direction than most baseball players that are of his skill level. He's much more concerned with where he goes to school from an academic standpoint than he is a baseball standpoint. Now he's no dummy. He wants, and when I say dummy, he's no like you know like he's no goofball. Like he wants to play at a good baseball school, but he also understands that you know his life path. While yeah, it'd be great if he'd get an opportunity to to, to take a shot, his best shot at professional baseball. You know he's a. 30 plus ACT kid. He's a straight A student and just a, you know, level-headed kid and gets it and you know, he would love to play in the Ivy League. Um that's his dream. Um it's funny, he's getting ready to go to a big camp for him for, you know, probably the biggest moment of his life this weekend. And um you know, you'd asked if if we could go out and and hit some balls and and work on some things before he leaves and I've done that from time to time. He and my younger son are friends and they both play infield, so it's real easy for to take them both out and just hit them a bunch of balls and talk to them about stuff. And you know, it's funny. I had a, I I, I had the same conversation with him that I had with my son a couple of years ago when he first tried out for high school baseball. And you know, we were talking about it, and I had told him that at times in the past I had saw him play to get recruited, not play to enjoy the game, have fun, and just do what it is he does, and then let people take notice of who he is. And what it is he does. I mean, he's a big kid and hits the ball hard. And he's got a great swing. He's a 99-mile-an-hour off-the-bat kid, wood bat, you know. Um, you know, it, 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 you know, it's always interesting to me that kids sometimes go to tryouts or they go to showcases or they go to camps and they feel like they have to do things to get noticed. And I say all the time, just do what you do and that will get you noticed. Um you know, I, I found myself telling him the same things. I, listen, I, if you go to a camp or a tryout or a showcase, any coach worth his salt is watching how you do what you do, how you react to the things that go on around you, how the game comes to you, how you do these things. You know, obviously, 
you know, they watch how you run and they watch how you swing a bat and they watch how you field and throw and do all these things and how you carry yourself and things like that. Yet getting a hit in an inter-squad game in a, in a college showcase would be fantastic. Um, you know, pitching a couple f- scoreless innings would be fantastic. Making all the plays would be fantastic. But I assure you that while that's great, they're watching how you do it. And the way I explained it to him was pretty simple. If Do you think for one minute that if you went to a college showcase, and this is going to make some people upset, and I don't care because it's reality and you have to deal with reality. If you go to a college, a D1 college showcase and you're throwing 80 miles an hour and pitch two scoreless innings, and then some kid comes in behind you throwing 95 and walks the yard, i got to tell you the truth, folks. They're not interested in the kid that threw 80. They're just not. Okay. Now, I'm not even saying they're going to take the kid that threw 95. But, man, he, he commands notice because he does what the top-level guys can do. A lot of kids out there can throw 80 and throw strikes and have a couple of clean innings. It, it's just life. Same thing with this. If you think you can go out there and get a couple of hits in an inter-squad game with an awful baseball swing and just get lucky and they're going to jump all over you, it's not happening. You can go field five ground balls and throw the runners out at first base, and if you don't field it right and you don't move your feet right and your arm slot isn't right throwing it across the diamond, it's not going to happen. So what I've always said about the younger tryouts is it doesn't change. Do it right. Do what you do. If you're a guy that swings the heck out of the bat, go swing the heck out of the bat. Don't get into a tryout and think, i got to make contact here. If you throw hard, don't get into a contract and say, hey, um, you know, I, I'm going to make some contact. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tone it down and throw a few strikes. Um, I'm going to take it easy. or I'm gonna, You can't do that stuff. I mean, it's a – guys, it's a um, – it's an interesting thing only because I, I get the sense to want to do well, but at the same time, you got to go out and do what you do. And again, I, it's, it, you know, to remind people like kind of what I had told my, what I had told my son was, you know, they're more, what you do well is you're a really good fielder. So go out and do it right. And if you miss a ball or two, don't hang your head and walk around. They'll be more impressed if you try to field it right and you take a tough hop. And then you just, you know, stick, pound your fist, you know, just pump your glove and get back in line and do it again. That, that you know, or if you miss one, look at them and do your glove and say, give me one more. I mean, that that's impressive. If I'm a coach, that's impressive. Okay, yeah, here you go. You know, if if you're if you're fast, then by all means run fast. <laughs> you know, it goes back to the thing I always say about David Price at the thing I went to. He said, "Hey, I'm David Price. I throw hard." Everybody laughed. He said, "No, don't laugh. I throw hard because I throw hard. I don't ever try to throw it slow." I, you know, you see kids warm up and they do things and they do them half ass and they or they don't do what they do and then they, then they don't perform and they can't figure out why. And it's like, well, do what you do. It's always interesting to me when when people get to tryouts and then you see them. And it's listen, I'm also not saying that I don't understand that it's not a tense situation. Okay, it's stressful, probably a better word. Um, you know, here's a kid, and we've taken this. Let's face it, we have for for right or for for the good and the bad of it. To be quite honest with you, we've taken this we've taken this innocent thing from you know, and, and we've done this with a lot of things in life. So it's not just baseball, but. You know, we've taken this thing that some of us as parents at my age knew to be a 15-game summer schedule where you signed up at the park and they put you on a team. And you just showed up and you played. Now, now what, what I do find interesting about that statement is, is I remember there being you know 13 kids on the team and you didn't play every game. Some games you sat and didn't bat or nothing. But now nowadays that would be blasphemy. Um, but what, I digress. That's a total other conversation. But, but we've taken that format, though, and now we've turned it into – you know, exposing yourself to the the really the opportunity to get cut from a baseball team as a young person, which again I always say is fine. Um, I don't uh, I don't have any um, what's the word I don't have any thoughts on it to the point of saying it's wrong. I never say that. Um, wouldn't do that. Um, I would say that it may not be for some people. Um, I understand it. I get it. 
um, I even have said this before. So if you if you have if you're new to the show, uh, when I first got into the baseball thing, the 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 quote unquote select travel, whatever word you want to use, um, I actually thought that that's what I would do because I had some friends involved in it and I kind of liked the way they did a few things and I thought. I think I could do that because I have a good group. I have a core group of kids at a very young age that are advanced. And, you know, if I could build around them and then over, because really typically what you see is you see teams of kids and, and then every, every year you, they kind of, the bottom two go away and they add two. So I always thought, or it could be three, it could be four, but typically it, it always, I don't know why I have that number in my head. It just always seems to me that when you, if you follow this, it's a, it's a couple every year. So anyway, I always felt like I would do that. And then once I had this team of let's, let's be quite frank here of seven and eight year old kids in front of me, um, that you grow to care about and the parents, you grow, I just couldn't do it. And again, I'm not even saying I was right, but I just, I could, I, I couldn't do it. And again, I'm not saying that there, that it would have been wrong. I'm just saying that I, as a man couldn't do it. And that's not to say that the people that do do it, there's something wrong with them. I'm not, that's not my point here. My point here is Everybody has to do you, right? Like I do me, you do you. Um, what What do you want to do? Now, I, I say this too, situations arise, and, and we had a couple kids leave the team for various reasons. Um, and then, yeah, then you have a tryout. That's fine. That That's no problem. Um, but even then, that's stressful for, that was stressful for me because, you know, we had a very nice team, and you get, you get, you know, word gets out that, that our team is needing two kids, and so you post a tryout and 60 kids show up, you know, and we have a, a, a big baseball community. Um, everybody knows who we are. Everybody, everybody is aware and everybody would like, to, you know, so that causes all kinds of problems. So think about these problems that come along with it. You know, you have all these other teams that are quote unquote underneath us, which is a bunch of crap, but I get it. I mean, I understand it, that, you know, we is what it is, but. What you wind up getting is you get kids from all these other teams that have been on these teams for two or three years, and they all, oh, I want to go play for this team. I want to play for the top team in the area, if that's what you want to call us. Top team in the area, top team in the area. So then here's all these other guys that have put all this time and energy and effort in this club, and now all their kids are want to go just for a shot to play on a quote-unquote better team. That's a hard thing for, I mean, the domino effect of tryout sometimes we don't think about. But in the end, when it comes right down to it, they are what they are, and we've developed this monster, so um, so you do what you do, right? You try to be respectful, but even in that instance, when I needed two kids and 60 kids show up, I mean, let's face it, you know, if 60 kids show up, the reality of it is 30 of them can probably play to some degree. 30 of them probably had no idea what they were getting into when they came to their first tryout at a younger age. You know, that this time I think we were 10, nine or we were 10 maybe, going to 10, nine going to 10. Um so, you know, 30 of them have no idea what they're really getting into. Um, and of the 30 that can play, half of that 30 might do something that you might look at and go, well, they might be able to do this, might be that. And then, so now you're down to 15. And of the 15, seven of them can play. The other seven do something well, but not everything. So you get down to about seven kids that can all play. And then typically when you go to tryouts like that, it's all it never fails. There's always one kid that just stands out. And then there's always a kid that just at a young your age for some reason gets it and just is a worker. And then you get some kid with unbelievable size or something that, that can and you're like, Oh, I gotta mold that. So that's how my you know, and I've helped with a ton of tryouts. I'm not just talking about mine, it just seemed that way, right? So Coming full circle on it, I just think back to what I noticed in those tryouts and how people would – it did seem looking back on it. Now, at the moment, you don't have time to think about it because you're doing this and doing that. And you are and, – and for me personally, you are looking at how people do what they do. But now, looking back on it, I understand the stress of it and all that kind of stuff. But as I'm now older and not even coaching anymore, the reality of it is I get asked a lot to assist with tryouts. And – it just so happened that I, I have this conversation with this kid that I think a lot of about, hey, you're going to go to this place, and these are real coaches. And let me tell you what they're really going to be looking for. And we have the conversation about 
you know, you know how to feel the ground ball properly. You know all the angles. You know all the movements. You know, you, you know, you're, you're a thinker. You think ahead. You you understand that play two. Do it. Just do it right. Okay. You swing the bat well. Go swing the bat. You're a hustler. Hustle. You know. You're a you're a grown man and a young boy. And you're a grown. You're a young man in a man's body. Okay. With the unbelievable, um, you know, charisma. He's got personality he's he's mature off the charts so be that you know do what it is you do that's impressive i mean he's a he's a kid that since the day i've known him when he walks in the room he walks around he shakes everybody's hand and introduces himself and can have a full-on conversation with you about anything you want to talk about it's impressive you know so be you you know that that conversation so you know you have this conversation with him and then it reminds you of the one you had with your son and then you're with your son and you're kind of talking about it so you're having all these these thoughts and, and, and on cue, I was uh, um, penciled down to go help with a friend's tryout last night. Um, it's a, a friend of mine who I met um, through baseball. Um, he's a lot younger than me. Um, and, you know, he kind of would follow kind of what we were doing and, and is involved. In so, hey, man, I'd really appreciate it if you'd come out. I mean, I, you know, I know you know what you're doing. What do you think? I said, hey, listen, you know, I'm happy to help, whatever. I get out there, you know, and he's got his thing and, and – on cue, what 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 do I get when I get out there? And again, I've had I had a heart to heart with this guy last night, so I have no problem talking about this over the because he listens to the show. And I told him we were going to talk about it on the show, and he said, "Listen, this was a major learning experience for me. I have no I have no problem with you talking about the right and the wrong that we did here. So let's talk about the right first. First off, here's a guy that um, cares and is learning and has you know he's done like you know he he. he he takes again not that our advice is perfect but he's taken our advice here on the show and the advice of tons of people that have been on the show and then he's a you know and lots of other people so he's a sponge right like okay like what do i need to do to get better cuz i understand that you know that while i've never played professional baseball and i might have played some high school baseball and i love to play and you know you know much like myself you know then played some softball whatever but man, I love the game, and I love the game of baseball. My son loves it, and I just want it to be a good experience for not only him but all the kids. I am going to take serious the fact that I'm impacting some lives here. I don't want to. I don't want to be responsible for doing something wrong. So I am going to. And, and you know, and he's done all that. Hey, you know, I belong to uh, EliteBaseball.tv. I can't believe the. You know, that's what he tells me all the time. He's like, you know, he'll call me for advice and go, Hey, do you really think I can do this with a bunch of nine-year-old kids? And I'm like, Yeah, you, I go, but think about it. You know, know each kid, relate. So he really cares what he's doing, right? He didn't call and ask my advice about how to run a tryout, or, or I would have helped him, you know, respectfully helped him, not been, not been like, yep, okay, this is how you do it. You know, so I show up, and I think, okay, I'm going to evaluate some kids for him and, and show him what I, you know, he said, hey, I'd really like to know when we're doing this stuff what you're looking at. Okay, no problem. So I show up, and, um, he, you know, he's got about 20, what was it? It was 26. It was either 26 or 28 kids, I don't remember, show up for this tryout. His kids are in there. So the 10 that he had from last year are in there, so there's like 18 new kids. First thing he says, you know, he's got himself, he's got a couple of assistant coaches, and then I'm standing there, right? And um, He hands out clipboards, and uh, on the clipboard is a pen and a blank piece of paper. He says, okay, guys, what I'm looking for is if you see somebody that does something really well, why don't you write down their, their jersey, uh, what they're wearing, and then we'll try to – and then we'll talk about who they are afterwards. And, and I'm like, okay. Um, and I go, what, what are you looking for, meaning really well? Well, you know, like, um, you know, if a kid's got a good arm, you know, if he, if he fields well, if he – you know, you know, normal stuff. If he, if he hits really well in BP, and, and I'm like, okay. And so I got my my tablet, and again, I'm I would never ever ever speak out of turn. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do what he asked me to do, right? And um, you know, now mind you, and I've talked about this. So mind you, he's asked us to identify the kids by what they're wearing, and you know, you're you've got ten kids wearing a red shirt, and five wearing an orange, and seven wearing a gray, and a you know, so it's like, okay, um, you know, you're going to find yourself going smaller kid with curly hair you know it's like wait a minute so that was you know right off the bat it's like okay so you know i like okay i'm gonna have to tell him in the future he needs to address this you know you got to put a number on these kids so find a way to identify them number one number two 
as we're doing this, he gets the group together and introduces us all and says, you know, this is hot. This is what we're going to do. We're going to warm up and then we're going to take fly balls and then we're going to take ground balls and then everybody that's a pitcher and a catcher, that, you know, stuff like that. So he says, okay, head on down left field. There's a bucket of balls. Go down there and get yourselves warmed up. So the kids head down and I start to follow them and I turn around and the other three guys are standing back by the dugout talking. And uh, I turn around and they never followed me. So I'm the kids are out there warming up and I'm walking down the line and I'm making little notes and the guys never came out. <laughs> so he called them all back in and here I am like a 10 year old following them on in. And, uh, you know, he says, okay, we're going to head out to, uh, if you play left field, go to left field. If you play center field, go to center field. You know, and so he starts hitting fly balls, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so I've got all these notes. And he's standing there, and he goes, man, what, what, where'd you get? And I said, well, I went out and watched him play catch. Oh, I said, I mean, I go, listen, I, I'm just giving you some advice. You can learn a whole lot about a kid right away by the by how he plays catch. <laughs> I, you know, really, he goes, well, you got some asterisk spices because they said, yeah, I said, my bet would be that these kids can probably pitch a little bit. You know, a couple of these kids probably have played a little bit infield because they throw a little bit sidearm. Maybe it's just a nat- natural motion form with it. And I, and I said, you know, a couple of these kids have no idea how to throw yet. So this is, I think you're going to find that these kids struggle at some of the drills. Oh, that's great. Okay. And I'm like, so, so finally I go, um, do you not want to put them all in right field and hit them some balls and just have them throw it in to third just to see who's got a stronger arm or, um, you know, or, well, I thought it, I thought I'd let them play their natural positions. I said, okay. So anyway, so we go down this laundry list of things, right? So, you know, infield, he just told them all to go out and play somewhere on the infield. And I, again, I said, you know, typically what you might want to do is have them play deep in the hole at short, and then it, you can see who can throw the ball across the diamond, and then you hit balls at them to their left, to their right. So, again, a learning experience for a guy. And afterwards, he was like, man, I had no idea. And we talked about it. And, we, and, and, and again, but what I found interesting was is when they took batting practice, I had said um, my notes, and this is, this is why I'm bringing this up, my notes completely did not match the other two guys' notes. And the guy said, I got to be honest with you, I actually wrote that kid down. He didn't hit a ball out of the infield. And I said, no, he didn't. I said, but, man, he has some natural ability in his swing that, you know, he's, a, he's not very big. That kid's going to be a player. If you looked at the other things, like did you watch him? I mean, he really hustled everywhere, and he ran, and, you know, and he, and he talked to you, and he – you know, and and what and, and a couple of the kids that you've got stars by, you know, they they have no clue how to swing a baseball bat yet, and that's fine if you want to take them because ultimately we're here to help them. But I mean, you've got stars by them, like they're. I, so, in the end, it was funny how I told the told the kid that's heading off probably to the biggest weekend of his life. Just go be who you are and work hard and do the things the right way and don't necessarily worry about the actual result of what you do. Make sure you've done it correctly because most coaches, that's what they're looking at. <laughs> you know, um, and here it is. Now we're not paying any attention to that, and now we're looking at the other things. And it just – I find it interesting, you know, because, again, it's tryout season. People are talking, but, you know, it's it's the only advice I can give to anybody because, again, I don't, I'm not a professional coach. But I know that the coaches that I know, I mean, they're always looking to see how people do what they do. You know, I mean, it's as as a guy trying somebody out as a coach putting a team together. You know, you have some kids in front of you for a couple of hours, and your son or daughter, they may see for five minutes, right? Um, so in that five minutes, you know, I, I want to, you know, you're hoping to see a, a kid, boy or girl, doesn't matter. And 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 again, this applies to every sport that they do something well or they do something that you think, yeah, absolutely, we can work with that or whatever. And, again, you know, we kind of get away sometimes from the whole – we tend to get away from the whole, well, let's just take a bunch of kids that we like. And, and see, this happens too, and I do like this. But this happens more in the non-tryout situation. Hey, we're going to put a team together. we got a bunch of good parents. we got a bunch of kids that like one another. we got a few, you know, we got some players from Little League. We want to ramp it up a little bit, so we're going to get to it, and we're going to coach them all up. That's really how our team got together. I mean, we were pretty lucky. 
that we had a whole bunch of kids that could right off the bat play and we had some like-minded parents and things like that. But that's where a lot of teams come from. Now, organizations and clubs will build teams out of nothing. And you can do that when you're a club sometimes, especially if you're a reputable club. And, you know, we've had the, the Missouri Gators on here lately. We've had, uh, you know, obviously the St. Louis Pirates have been on numerous times with my affiliation with Rick Strickland. Um, you know, I've had on Andy Bennis from the St. Louis Prospects, and I'm just talking about in our area. But I've had clubs on, uh, you know, obviously everybody remembers Spiker from Rawlings Tigers, which is a just a fabulously run, very organized organization. Um you know, my, Matt Whiteside from the, the, the St. Louis Gamers, I mean, they have a tight shit, tightly run ship organization, man. I mean, it's these organizations have a reputation. So if they say we're going to have tryouts, it isn't like we're having tryouts for this for this team. And it's, I mean, it's like, hey, come one, come all, and we're going to put good teams together. You know, and if you can play we and, and, and we have a spot for you, then you're more than welcome to play. I mean, it's a, it's a very well – for, for the organizations that I know, it's very well done, very well organized. But that's what comes with the um, the reputation, you know. Uh, people want to know what they get. And that's part of the whole thing that I always say, do your research. But, but you know, on the flip side of it, so when you go to these tryouts and you do these things, it's like, well, what should I really be looking for if I'm there? And then how do I, you know, how do I compare myself to what's going on around? Well, I would say this, I guess – in hindsight, I look back at it and I say, well, I can't say for sure because I can't speak for everybody what they're really looking at. The only thing I can tell you is that nobody plays well-stressed. Nobody plays well in tense situations. You kind of just got to go out and do it. And, and I do say that I, I've, I've said this for a couple of years now on the show. The soccer people have it figured out. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I, I've been involved in all these different sports communities because my, my kids have played all these different sports. And, man, it really seems like of all the sports, the only one – that everybody seems completely at ease with is soccer. It's really odd to me. Everybody just acts like, yeah, you know, we got we got this tryout Monday and the other one Tuesday and the other one Wednesday, and then we'll review our offers and we'll and it's like, man, okay. But man, when it's baseball, it's like, oh, you know, we really this wasn't fair, and we went here, and you could tell they were going to do this, and you could tell they were going to do that, and I thought, and man, my son hit the ball, and they took the kid that didn't hit the ball, and it's like, man. It, it, you know, it, it is odd to me. You know, basketball, same way. You know, hockey, same way. Everybody's freaking out all the time. But soccer's got it figured out. I don't know. It's really weird. I, 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 I've I never understood that. And I would love for somebody that's much smarter than me to tell me because I, I could, if I could box how to tell baseball people to get that going, that would be great. <laughs> I don't know. Just interesting stuff, man. I I, I just, whew. Anyway, um, I've, got, uh, I've got my own thoughts on it. I'll have to live with those thoughts the rest of my life as I try to help people. I am excited. I, I, I am going to say this. I've, uh, I am going to coach again this fall. Um, the high school kids that play together in the summer are going to play fall baseball, um, a fall schedule. Um, which my son was a part of. And the high school coaches, as they do in the summer, cannot coach in the fall. Um, they can only be around the kids so many days a year. And the fall would exceed that. And um, I'm going to get an opportunity to do that. So, I'm, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of them are all kids that have already played for me. Um, I'm one of them being my son. I'm kind of excited about it i'm gonna i'm gonna get my fix so to speak um it is interesting that um i've got a different approach that i'm gonna take this fall and i'm gonna talk about that next show um what i believe fall baseball should be um because let's face it a lot of you guys are doing these tryouts right now and um you're going through all this and the, the culmination of this for a lot of people are is that a lot of these teams will play a fall schedule. So um, a lot of people will uh, say, okay, we got our new team. Let's get it together. Let's see if there's something here. Um, let's see how they gel. Let's start getting some of this in stuff implemented. So I'm excited about it as it's just an extension of what these kids do from a high school standpoint. 
Um, I've always said that if I get back into coaching, I would it would be that age, that high school age. Um, I think I would love to coach freshman baseball. I'd love to teach kids not only the game of baseball, but how to act and how to prepare themselves to play at a varsity level. Um, and that's kind of the approach I'm going to take this fall, to be quite honest. It would be a little bit of a different approach than than a, um, you know, I've, I mean, I've listen, I've always been a development guy, but I love to win too. And not that I won't want to win, but I, I want to teach. And I think that's what the fall is, just to kind of tease it a little bit, is, is we got to teach too. It's got to be a teach. Teaching at some time or another in this whole thing has to take precedent. And I think the fall is a great opportunity to do that. So looking forward to it. But, um, but again, I love, to, I love to talk about tryouts. And um, it's funny, I've got five more that I'm scheduled to help with over the next eight days, and I'm happy to do it. Um, I love the dynamic. I love going out to all the different tryouts and seeing kids. And, um, you know, I always, no offense, parents, I always get a little chuckle when I look in the stands and see the parents as they're on the edge of their seat and they they hang on every ground ball and every pitch and every throw. And I get it. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be ignorant here. I understand it. I mean, I've, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I've preached for years to take the emotion. You know, you got to get, you can't be emotional. You can't do this. But I I, I've also come to grips with, you know, people are going to be emotional. It's their kids. It just is what it is. And the sooner coaches understand that I'm going to have to deal with a little bit of stuff because we're talking about people and their kids, it just is what it is. So anyway, I'm, uh, I got on a rant there, and I just kept going, and I didn't even stop to tell you about us. So don't forget us. We're Youth Baseball Talk. Um, you can learn more about us at youthbaseballtalk.com. You can subscribe to the show there. It's absolutely free. Um, uh, one of the other things you can do there, which I appreciate, is people are still listening to the first episode we ever did. You can kind of listen to our whole catalog of shows as it continues to grow. It's been going on now for, you know, going on four years. We have tons of shows. We've had tons of great people on the shows, tons of great people that have been affiliated with us. So please listen to the, the old ones. Get out of them what you get out of them. And, um, again, some of the people that have been on may be the reason you listen. You may see a title and think, man, that sounds eerily familiar. Uh, one of the things you can do there that really helps us, though, with our producers, Brian Crock and Andrew Allen, is you can do your shopping on Amazon. Um, you go to youthbaseballtalk.com on your computer. It's down to your right. On your mobile device, it's all the way down. You click um, you click Amazon. You're done with us. You go to Amazon. You do your shopping. We get a very, very small referral, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So we've had some people doing that for us for some time. Um, it is appreciated, and, again, it's for our producers, and we we, we thank you so much. Uh, social media, we've surpassed 10,000 followers on Twitter. I thank you very much. We've never spent a dime. We've never spent a dime promoting one thing on this show. Um, it's all organic. Um, you'll notice that we have 9,000-plus followers. And I've said it once, I'll say it again. If you follow us, and I can tell from your your profile and that that you're into baseball some way, shape, or form, we're going to follow you back. It's how we stay in tune with what's going on out there. Same thing for, for Facebook, Youth Baseball Talk. Type it in the search bar. Find it. Click uh, follow and like, and you'll be a part of our network. And we would love to, uh, we would love to have more and more people follow us on Facebook because we love the communication uh, that it provides. Find us on Instagram as well, Youth Baseball Talk, and of course you can find us as part of LineUpMedia.fm. They are a large podcast network, but they're also not home to the internet radio station Yo Radio. You can go to the App Store, download Yo Radio. It's free. Like many of the other music apps, you're going to find different stations with different types of music, uh, decades of music, things like that. You're going to start seeing more and more celebrities and influencers that have their own stations. And guys are going to be able to do some really cool things with their state. They're going to be able to, 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 to go live from their own radio stations at any time. So you'll be able to see what's going on with them. Um, with some of the people they've got coming on board in the future, you're going to want to be a part of Yo Radio. So go to the App Store, download it. It's free. Check out Yo Radio today. And again... Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, thanks for all you do behind the scenes. It means a lot to me. Um, my, you know, my folks that that provide the segments each and every week to provide you guys with some of the great information that you get. Uh, one of those being uh, Precision Impact, PrecisionImpact.ca. That is a a, a well-run company up north that provides uh, awesome training tools. The best one for me being the the, the heavyweight balls that people use for uh, hitting. Uh, I love them. We used them all the time. I actually, 
Um, I'm getting them out of my garage as I'll be using them for the fall again. It's a big part of of what we always did for a variety of reasons, and, and we found different ways to use them. They're, they're great to use in close quarters. And, again, you can get those from precisionimpact.ca. Um, you know, they do a great job, you know, streamlined business, very automated. They outsource all their warehousing and shipping to, to a different third-party logistics company. That allows them to keep the cost down for you. They can focus more on the products themselves and what's needed. Um, again, one of the things they've, they've done, you know, with, with, with my man Phil having Dirk on board, and, again, him providing this content each and every week, it really gives you insight to what they think about the sport. So uh, let's go to him and hear from Dirk, see what he's got for us this week on our PrecisionImpact.ca Tip of the Week. Take it away, Dirk. Hi, everyone, and thanks again, Youth Baseball Talk, for everything that you do. It gives coaches a unique opportunity to share some of the things that are on our mind or some of the things that we hold dear to us or that we see of value that coaches, parents, and players could really benefit from. And today is I wanted to talk a little bit about something more specific to coaches, but definitely something players can take uh, take away from, and that's making sure you word your coaching properly. I know this might seem pretty trivial, but... I've found that it's becoming more and more important to make sure that what we say as coaches really has the right effect and can yield the right results. So what I mean by that is is making sure don't tell your players what you don't want to see. Right? I, I learned this in an internship for strength and conditioning, and it was more or less don't don't even mention what it is you don't want to see. Simply make sure they're fixated on what you do want to see and what what to be more specific. Don't necessarily say, I don't want to see this in your swing, or I don't want to see this in your pitching mechanics, or I don't want to see this in your fielding. Because like anything, if you mention a pink elephant in the room, that's the first thing they're going to think about, right? Um, Try to keep things fixated with your language on what you do want to see so that when you're talking to an athlete, they're not cluttered by things that are remembering what not to do. They simply have to focus on what it is they need to do. And so whether it's a swing, right, don't confuse them on saying, hey, don't dip that back elbow, right? Don't overstride. Don't reach out in front. Don't get ahead of the ball. Fixate on things you do want to see. Hey, you know, um, hit that ball hard, right? Wait for your pitch. Keep things really, really simple. I find that we we tend to overcoach at third base. We tend to overcoach at moments where coaching is very limited or if needed at all. We should really instead just focus on some of the positives, even fielding. Hey, make sure you cover that ground. Make sure you're fielding the ball and going through it. Not, you know, hey, don't get caught on that backside or don't get caught flat-footed. Again, kids tend to gravitate or fixate and and try to focus on what not to do. Um, And I know this might seem really, really trivial and really silly, but I've found that it's been really effective keeping things simple like that at the plate. Our hitting has gotten significantly better simply by reminding the players to fixate on something that they do, or pitchers even more so because we've been struggling throwing strikes. It allows my talks to the co- uh, to the pitchers in between innings to be really simple, to be really deliberate and really exact, and that way I feel confident that when they go back to the to, to sit down in the dugout, that they're only thinking about what I've told them, and that's whether it's hey, like throw that ball through the target, right? Instead of saying hey, don't aim it, right? It, it can be really confusing. And for players that are relatively young, confusing them is half the battle. A lot of players these days have the skill. They have the talent. They have the ability. And what their their biggest struggle is the mental side of the game. And I, I find that that's something that I really tried to strive in for when I set my goals as a coach this season. I wanted to really improve and you know guide and facilitate my players to become mentally stronger. And I've seen an incredibly huge difference in their their um, actions, uh, practice, and on the fields, and how early they show up, and them willing to stick around afterwards, and just their purpose to everything that it is they do. And and a lot of that comes from the mental side of things, right? I don't care how good you are, right? Without that mental side of the game, you're not going to show up early. You're not going to stay light. You're not going to be on task. You're not going to be genuinely getting better every day because a lot of that strives from the mental side of things. You know, sure, you can go up there and swing and swing and swing and be talented, but 
it's it's thinking about what it is you're doing and when the coach is taking part in that it's making sure that as a coach you're saying the right things that you're steering them in the right direction and i think that we can really get caught up on fixating on hey don't do this and don't do that and it's really easy to pick point and like take out the negative and just throw it at them hey don't do this and hey you, you know you know don't don't catch the ball over your head like this or don't catch the ball with one hand and I know this This is just something that's really worked for me, and I wanted to share it with some coaches that might see a little bit of value in it. And it's difficult, trust me. When I when I st- first started getting into this um, through an internship that I took, it was really, really difficult to not say what not to do because it's so easy to pinpoint that. You know, clarity of language can be really important for athletes. And so, you know, w- the way I was taught was, you know, don't tell them don't slow down. Tell them to speed up instead. And that I was, I, I almost immediately noticed a bit of a difference. And then, of course, you know, doing some of the training sessions myself and having coaches coach me during the internship, I genuinely noticed a huge difference that in the clarity of words, I was compelled to speed up. Well, when they say don't slow down, I almost noticed like the my my body slowing down. And and again, this is something that you know you can kind of take it or leave it. Um, but I found a lot of value, and it also just keeps kids, especially younger players, um, fixated on the positive, right? Instead of they probably hear day in day out from coaches, from teachers, from parents what not to do. Instead, steer the boat. Get them going towards what it is you do want to see, and and I really have a lot of confidence that you'll start seeing uh, a positive response from players. And and not only that, you're not coming across as the guy who's being really critical. Instead, you're you know you're being more supportive of trying to encourage them to do certain things. And so again, I, I really really encourage coaches, maybe even parents uh, and players, to simply encourage what you'd like to see. Right? Hey, let throw that ball through their chest. Right, um, you know, hit that ball hard. Try and try and get something behind that ball and drive it hard. Those types of things are going to be really simple. It, it, it gives them a really clear goal, and, and and they can actually make that happen rather than getting too analytical. Um, and again, the mental side of things is just something I've really tried to strive for this year. I had a talk with my uh, my team there last night at practice, and you know, something that came to mind, and, and they really seemed to resonate with, um, and they understood was tolerance. Right, and this, you know, I I believe in this, and so a lot of people have a hard time convincing me otherwise. But some people might not agree with it. But I I truly believe that we all are where we tolerate, you know. And so whether you're a third string player, you're there because you're willing to tolerate being there. If you didn't tolerate being there, you'd be hitting more, you'd be throwing more, you'd be fielding more, you'd be doing whatever it takes because you do not tolerate being a third string. You know, if you're on a team that you can't stand. If you really couldn't tolerate being on that team, you would move teams. So I think it's really important for kids to be made aware of some accountability that if they're complaining about not being on the starting nine or if they're complaining about not, you know, pitching enough or hitting enough, it's really important to sit them down and make them aware that, look, you're right where you're willing to tolerate. You're, You're okay with this limited amount of playing time. Yeah, you're willing to complain about it and ask for more, but you're not really willing to put in the sweat equity. You're not really willing to put in that extra bit of time for more playing time because you're willing to tolerate being a third string guy. And I know there, you know, you could argue with us both ways, but this is just something that I've really believed in since being a kid. You know, I've always wanted more playing time and instead of asking for it, I've went out and tried to earn it. And I just could not tolerate not being, you know, a huge contributing factor to a team. So, you know, if you're having some problems with some accountability in the team, try to try to relay to them that you are where you are because you're willing to be there or you're toler- tolerable to be there. Um, and some younger kids might not totally understand that, but it's really important to really stick through that and remind them that they are where they're willing to be. As always, if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, leave them down below. Thanks. Awesome. Love it. Um, again, I can't thank them guys enough for being a part of it. Don't forget that uh, when you check out um, already off of your uh, very low price, you're going to receive an additional 10% discount by typing in Youth Baseball Talk in the coupon or discount code area. That's Youth Baseball Talk. Receive an extra 10%. Don't forget, that's precisionimpact.ca. One of the other gentlemen that I love to hear from every week, and and I'm always curious what he has for us, Uh, he represents our our main sponsor, the Rope Trainer. So for our weekly rope report, it's always Kirk McNabb from Dirtbag Baseball Nation. And again, you can see why uh, Earl Perrin, John Smolch, Chris Verna chose, handpicked Kirk to be their guy and bring you the rope report each week. 
Let's hear what he has for us this week. Thanks, Jim. I got to ask you, though, what's going on with your Cardinals, man? Are they players or not at the trade deadline? Lots of players in play now, though. Manny's a Dodger. Hands gone to the Indians. And I'm going to have more on the, on trades. And how, and more importantly, is how they affect even pro athletes mentally and how they stress them out during this time of year next week, Dirtbags. Now, for anyone who's brand new to Youth Baseball Talk, my name is Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation, like Jim said. And I'm the voice and the mind behind the Rope Report, brought to you by the Rope Trainer. For this week's episode, I want to talk about how many youth and college-age pitchers waste way too many bullets in the bullpen before their game instead of saving them for the game. I see this everywhere I travel to watch game or be involved in training and educating pitchers, parents, and coaches. It's mind-boggling to me. As a matter of fact, I was even speaking with Earl Perrin, the inventor of the rope trainer, this past week, where he's been hanging out at Lake Point Sports Complex in Georgia, and he's been invited to promote and sell the rope trainer at the Perfect Game Tournaments this season. And he informed me he's seen the same thing happening there. It was a great dialogue, but we're both disappointed, and, and just we just don't understand it. So, you're probably asking yourself, what's Kirk mean when he's talking about wasting your bullets in the bullpen before your game? If you're not asking this, you sure should be if you care at all about your arm and becoming a true pitcher, and not just a thrower thinking you're pitching. What I actually mean is this. The last time I checked, you never win a game in the bullpen. A pro scout or college recruiter will probably watch your bullpen, but never going to sign you or offer you a pro contract based on your bullpen. So quit going max effort for 25 to 30 pitches in the bullpen that you should be saving for your game. From watching and asking pitchers, their parents, and coaches why they do this, and seeing them, and also from what Earl's been saying and seeing over the last seven weeks, I believe that it's because everyone's always talking about velocity when it comes to pitching. Hard, harder, hardest is all that matters in order for you to get looked at or to sign that pro contract. That means the pitcher, his parents, and the coaches are only thinking of throwing as fast as they can, as far as they can, and then they're going to do 15 more in front of a bullpen mound as fast as they can, and then they're going to do another 10 or 15 more behind the mound as fast as they can. And this is all before they actually get on the mound to do their warm-up. All right? So, this is insane. No wonder you're getting injured and you're exhausted quicker in your games. It's just common sense. You're wasting them. The bottom line is that for all the so-called training, coaching-specific training they're supposed to be, I see none more times than not. And even Earl's guaranteeing this and, and validating this. And he's seeing it firsthand with the pitchers that he's seen. And these are on some of the most elite teams in the country and internationally. Please, dirtbags, wake up. Start saving your bullets for the game. If you're one of these pitchers and parents and coaches, stop. Listen. Let's get it right. Train smart. And if you don't know how, or if you're developing properly, then contact me right now at 226-821-2402. That's 226-821-2402. Or you can contact me by email at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. All right? To get you on the right path to long-term success. This is what we do. And I'll explain why we do it. All right? We have to stop. Please. We're here. Use us. You want to warm up your core muscles first. Warm up your core muscles first. Then you want to stretch out your arm with some long toss. And then you want to fire the engine, which is activating your accelerator and decelerator muscles, with pull-downs. And then you're ready. You're already ready to pitch from the mound. You don't need another 10 or 15 or 25 or 30 more throws at max velocity before you go to the mound. You're warmed up. Again, save bullets for the game. Nobody cares in the bullpen. All right? You're going to get great extension. You're going to get released, and you're going to get follow-through. 
this last routine, or sorry, if you want to warm up between innings, then you can go ahead and you should have a rope trainer with you at all times in order to keep your arm loose, helping create great extension with your release and follow through. All right? You're good. You're saving. This is all saving your arm, folks. Please, listen. All right? I'm getting, it's it's frustrating, and I know by the sound of mine in this rope report today, you're hearing my frustration, but it's it's not just frustration, it's sheer disappointment because I've seen arms at all levels getting injured, and it's because they're, they're working with people that don't know. I'm sorry, but they don't know. They don't understand it. They probably never did it themselves. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. Please. Okay? Again, doing it in during the game as well with a rope trainer to keep your arm warm, keep it healthy, keep it strong, isn't just for pitchers, players, catchers, fielders. You can also keep warm with, a, with using a uh, rope trainer in between. It's going to be able to allow you to field and throw at max velocity all the way through the game, not just at some points of the game. Because let's be honest, at the end of that game, when the game's on the line, hey, you're going to need that great throw. You, let's be the one that gets that great throw. Let's be that final great pitch to end the game. Let's make sure you're doing it right, okay? It's what dirtbags do, and that's always to be working at being the best player and pitcher possible. Now, you can go straight to www.theropetrainer.com to get yours. Be sure to enter dirtbag in the number five. That's dirtbag in number five at checkout to let them know that you heard it here on Youth Baseball Talk from Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation. And as far as anything you need in regards to pitching, hitting, or catcher's mindset programs or physical training programs, please contact us directly for your private and confidential evaluation online or in person. Everything we do is confident and private. That's the way we're going to build the trust between us to make you the best pitcher, make you the best player possible. Once again, you can contact me, Kirk McNabb, at 226-821-2402 or email at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. You won't be sorry you did. And see you all next week. Sorry. <laughs> I'll see you all again here next week where you know we always get up, get after it, and get dirty. Great stuff as always. And again, um, very, very proud to be affiliated with Dirtbag Baseball Nation. They do a great job. Um, and again, Kirk is, I mean, you just listen to the guy talk, man. I mean, I, you know, kind of guy you'd want to play for, kind of guy you'd want to be around, kind of guy you'd want to learn from. So great stuff, great choice. That's the ropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check it out today. Last week, you guys heard from Justin Stone, my friend, and proud to call him my friend um, from Chicago and the the great things that he's got going on, and it's no secret to his success. There is no, you know, it's funny. You tell a lot of people, good luck. Some people don't need luck. Um, they make things happen. They're doers. They're influencers. They make a difference. That's Justin Stone. And, again, I was proud to have him on last week to let him talk a little bit about, you know, where his career path has taken him. And, you know, it's funny. For some people, you would say full circle. It's not the circle isn't complete for him. And if you know him and you follow him at all, you'll understand what that means. And what it means is his circle is never closed because it's never ending. He's always learning. He's always challenging. He's always pushing the envelope, always trying to find that one thing that's going to click with that one kid or one pro player that says, okay, I understand now and I can do what you're asking me to do. That's what he does. That's why he's one of the best at what he does. That's why we're so happy to always have the EliteBaseball.tv tip of the week. Take it away, boys. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with the EliteBaseball.tv Tip of the Week. The tip of the week this week is a challenge, the 100 ground ball challenge. We know in the Midwest here, where a lot of our listeners are, that our baseball good weather days are dwindling. The fall is really the best time of year to be out on the field. Fields are drier. Uh, weather is, is good temperature-wise. And there's not as many players out there trying to use the field on a day-to-day -day basis perfect opportunity for us to get out and practice our defensive fundamentals more. Because when we get inside in the wintertime, everybody's going to hit. Everybody's going to do their pitching lessons. 
But that time spent on a field is so necessary for us to take into the next season of getting our ground ball, fly ball, defensive fundamentals taken care of. So the 100 ground ball challenge is this. It's an arbitrary number, and it seems 100 ground balls, okay, that, that's fairly easy to do. But you will find when you go out in the air and you work this with a couple players on your team or your son or your daughter, how difficult and taxing taking 100 ground balls is. It's going to spike your heart rate. I've done this with players the first couple times I've taken them out on the field. I know they're going to start to fail at 50 or 60. And literally had one player sit cross-legged on second base one day and started crying because he was just so doggone tired from taking those ground balls. That's a true story. So the 50 or 60 is usually the number that I want you to start with. And here's how I break it down. I'm not going to throw all these 100 ground balls over to first base. But I try to choose a number for a youth player that might be 30. As I got into high school and even into college, I would throw 50 a day across to first base. But I broke everything down in sets of 10. I would do 10 ground balls right at me. I would take a break. If I were throwing over to first base in those 10, even if it was not to a real first baseman, I would set up a screen. That would give me an opportunity after the set of 10 to go pick the balls up, regroup, catch my breath, and I go for the next set. The next set of 10 I typically would do by forehands. The next two sets, though, I worked the backhand twice, 20 total ground balls. And the reason is, anytime that we cross our hand across the midline, the brain becomes less accurate in what we're doing on that side of our body. Our brain isn't wired to work that way. So the backhand is, we know, the toughest play for an infielder. So I always work that play twice as much. And the final set of what I would consider the routine ground balls is the slow roller that I'm throwing on the run. So there you have it. You have your sets uh, totaling up to 50 right now. And for most of you, when you're going out and doing this the first time, you're going to be spent at that, part, at that point. The heart rate is going to spike, you're going to be tired, and that's going to be it for you. But really where I felt like this 100 ground ball challenge or routine became a game changer for me, and really what I, did, I feel like determined my ability to get a Division I scholarship was being better with my, than my peers with my glove, because I practiced all the potential plays I was ever going to get in a game thousands of times on my own. So then I, I considered these the non-routine plays. I both did my double plays in that second set of 50, and I don't include those in my, my balls I'm throwing over to first base. So if I threw 50 across the diamond, I could still turn my double plays. But they may be close proximity feeds up the middle. They might be backhand jump throws. And I practiced diving over and over and over again. Because again, I never wanted to get a play in a game I hadn't practiced a thousand times in practice. And that's not showboating. That's being prepared for anything you're going to encounter in a game. And I might only make this play once or twice a year, but you know what? When the game is on the line and I have to make that play, I'm comfortable doing it. And the most important piece about infield play to remember is that every play is unique because of the field conditions, speed of the runner, height of the hop, speed of the ground ball, Every ground ball is truly different. Everyone is unique. And I have to make that instantaneous decision when the ball is hit of what footwork I'm going to use, and the brain has to just react and put myself in an athletic position to make the play. The only opportunity you have of doing that is by doing it thousands of thousands of times in practice. I was lucky to have a stay-at-home mom that our normal routine after breakfast is we go to the field in the summertime and we would take our 100 ground balls. My brother was the first baseman. He was six years older than me as he got down the line and was out of the house. Now my dad was playing first base until I would burn his hand and then he would have to come in and hit because my mom was the better first baseman anyway. But that was our routine. We had a lot of fun with it. I got off the field before lunchtime. This will take you about an hour to do if you're doing the, the, the true 100 ground balls. And then we would get off the field then before they were doing the fields for afternoon or evening games. But it's that routine that set me up at the age of seven or eight years old for who I was when I was 22, 23 years old. Because I'd practiced with my glove and my defensive abilities way more than any of my peers. And that really set me up for success in the game of baseball, probably beyond of where I should have played talent-wise. And that's all we're looking to do. Stay in the game, hang around the game as long as we can. And if we can do that beyond what our talent really is, then you can say you had a successful career. And that's where I, I look back at, at my own personal career and I didn't get to play pro ball. And I always knew I was gonna be a better coach than I was a player. But I got to play probably longer than I should. It's certainly a higher level than I should have. And I attribute this to the routine I built 
in the 100 ground ball challenge. So there's your challenge. There you have it. Get out. You got about another month if you're in the Midwest or in a northern state. Another month on the field. Get out and build your own ground ball routine. Until next week, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv, and we'll see you on the field. As usual, fantastic stuff. And again, um, I thank him so much for coming on last week. Uh, you heard me mention it earlier in the show that my buddy, you know, he, you know, he raves about it. EliteBaseball.tv. If you're a coach, a parent, or a player, you will benefit from EliteBaseball.tv. It will help you. Okay, get, get it going in your home. Get it going on your field. Get it going in your dugout. It will help. EliteBaseball.tv. That's going to do it for us this week. And again, I appreciate everything. I appreciate everybody reaching out going, hey, when's your, when's your tryout rant coming? Wasn't much of a rant. It was more of an experience this time. Um, again, uh, you know, uh, coaches, just, you know, uh, use Google a little bit, ask some questions, do some things, get better. I appreciate my friend and his willingness to um, want to get better um, and want to try to do it and, and do it right. And again, I believe me, we got through it. It was a it was a fun evening sitting around afterwards at the local uh, pizza joint, um, talking baseball and looking at kids and. But man, I got to tell you, and I'll finish with this. Man, that's a hard thing. It just is, man. I, there's something about looking at a piece of paper and knowing that all these things represent some little kid who just wants to play baseball. It's a hard thing, man. But then again, life's not fair, and, and we do the best we can. For everybody here at Youth Baseball Talk, I'll see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.